0: Be the name of the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Scripture says, arise and shine. Amen. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that there is a glory risen upon God's people. Hallelujah. Amen. What a privilege it is to serve the Lord tonight. Yeah. Amen. You can stand together with us as we get ready for the word. I just wanted to remind you of the service tomorrow um, morning at 11 and then at 5 p.m. tomorrow evening and um, we just look forward to a great time in the Lord and, and man, we believe that um, uh, we, we'll just have a little meal between and just a little time of fellowship with you all and so looking for a good time together amen and here tonight I know the Lord's got some things in store for us I'm going to play the song there he is here hallelujah he is here amen we had a great time today with the ministers and the luncheon ministers and their wives and just some times of fellowship together you know i'm really glad we're not fighting all of this alone i'm glad god gave us brothers and sisters that we could we could be in this battle together with we know daniel of course with the hebrew children and yet you know and yet there were times where they were in other parts and Daniel stood alone with God. I believe we can do that in our generation. I believe we can stand alone. But God didn't ordain us in this day to stand by ourselves. But he said, I'm going to have a pride out of every kindred, tongue, nation, tribe, and people. And so we are—we're not fighting this battle alone. We got brothers and sisters of like precious faith. But even as we talk about this battle, we heard already, it's not our battle. You know, when Joshua stood there that on that day, and he threw his sword against a man standing against him, and he said, "Are you for the on our side, or or, or what side are you on?" He said, "Ah." I'm not on your side. You're on my side. I'm the captain of this army. And I want you to understand, you know, this, uh, this battle is the Lord's. and you, It's not that he's on our side. We're on his side. Amen. And he is the one leading in this battle tonight. We heard last night that we're armed and dangerous. Where people, an invincible army sent forth to this last day. We're not going to leave out of here a defeated people. We're leaving out of here a victorious people. The rapture is not a defeat, the rapture is the greatest victory the world has ever seen. Amen. The glory has risen upon you. We're going to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as this bride leaves from here as he raptures a people for his glory. So we're so glad that you've come to celebrate this moment with us and share in this this victory as we enjoy the presence of God together. Tonight, I want to ask our brother Wayne Lawson to come and minister the word of God. You know, the only harness that they're in is the Lord's harness. They're free to to minister as the Lord gives the liberty. And so we're here tonight just to pull on the gift of God. Just to ask God, Lord, speak to me. You're here. You're present. And you don't just show up for nothing. Amen, but you're here to do something. Now, Lord, do something in me in my life. Amen. Change me in your presence. Don't let me remain the same. Because you really can't. You either come in this door and go out a different person one way or the other. So why don't you walk out of here changed in his presence. Let's love the Lord tonight as we invite the word to speak to our hearts. He is here. Hallelujah.
1: touch him you'll never be the same man he's he's the kind of God when you touch him he touches back <laughs> man and a life that is touched by the hand of our Savior is never the same amen I, I want to say that Wow what a, a wonderful uh, start and what uh, the meetings that we already had what a blessing Amen. you that have been here uh, i tell you, it was a phenomenal uh, thing to be a part of and to know that the Spirit of the Lord is here and that the angel of His presence is among us. Amen. We're not here by ourselves. Amen. That is a very comforting thought in such an hour that we're living in. And I want to say that it's uh, certainly a privilege, amen, to be here with such men of God. And I uh, count it a real honor to be here in this uh, time and sanctuary with all the brethren here at Evening Light. and. Of course our brother Tim Pruitt and uh, my he's been a blessing to us and a hero from the time we were just young young men and the grace that God has shown him in his ministry it's uh, certainly a privilege to get to be here and to minister to you and uh, our, our buddies that have already been preached a brother a Josh and brother Ron of course but Josh and I are uh, real pals and a man have been uh, quite close for a while uh, brother ron speaking last night i'm just reminded of how many things you know uh i, I couldn't stand here and, uh, and tell you uh, how special these men are to our families and what they've done and amen it's a it's a real honor uh, to to have men like this to call friends amen and i know you know that's true we're not just here giving accolades amen but i believe we're here identifying ourselves amen with this end time ministry and the message of the hour and Amen. I, I believe that to be true and uh, I want to say it is uh, a great honor again to be here. I got my family with me here tonight, uh, Vernon and Sister Dee Dee. Thank them coming all the way down here from, uh, from around the, uh, Arkansas, Walnut Ridge there, and then my wife, Carissa and Bethany. Uh, I just asked tonight if you would pray with me, uh, it, uh, if we just take just a moment in prayer and uh, let's just ask for something special here in the services I know the Lord is uh, is here. So it uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if you just took a moment and just let everything else go and took your opportunity to stand in His presence, tell Him what your need is, to pull on the Word, to come by and answer directly the needs of your life if we just pray together tonight and maybe even you might just help me just join together put your hand on someone there and pray for them just join our hearts together Heavenly Father certainly not capable Lord of any ability at all to do anything to help anyone but Lord because of your mercy because of what you have done We stand here tonight to testify that you are the mighty God and Lord that you are the same. The same God that parted the seas, that stopped the sun. The same God that changed Abraham and Sarah. The same God, Lord, that created a a child in the womb of Mary. You're the same God standing here tonight among your people. And Father, the Bible said that you're Your hand is not short and your ear is not heavy. I pray tonight, Father, that you would just come in this meeting. May you take every need in consideration. Lord, as we stand here and ask you for the Holy Ghost of God to depart, uh, uh, to impart every need here. We're asking you, Father, that you would strengthen and encourage that the spirits of fear and doubt and unbelief, may they be broken tonight. May the chains of circumstance, Lord, may they be broken and the children of God would feel the great liberty, Lord, which you shed your blood for them to feel tonight. I I pray that your mercy would have its way in this building tonight. And Father, that through the instrument of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that may you bring liberty to every home, to every heart, to every situation, Father. Lord, we're committing this meeting in your hands and we're asking you now, inviting you, to take the platform, Lord, to use it for Your glory, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if we could turn in the Bibles tonight to the book of Isaiah, the fifty-third chapter, I want to uh, just take for a uh, a reading tonight in two places: Isaiah fifty-three and verse one, in Romans the tenth chapter. Uh, just something that I have been studying on uh, the last few days and uh, something's just really just been a blessing to me and I trust it will be to you in Isaiah 53 and 1, for who hath believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Let's go to Romans the 10th chapter and the 11th verse. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Of course, confounded, embarrassed, they shall not be um, confused. For whosoever shall believe on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? Without a preacher. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We ask the Lord to bless his word tonight, as you may be seated. I want to just speak to you just a little bit tonight, and if I would take a title, I want to talk to you about accepting your liberty. Accepting your liberty. Uh, When I think of the grace tonight to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and understand that we are relaying to you A message of finished work. That we're relaying to you tonight that your healing, that your salvation, that every bit of redemption, everything that you're going to receive from God has already been paid for. I think it's one of the most amazing things to me as a minister of the gospel to know that I'm not speaking to you about anything that you're going to have to appropriate something to pay for what I'm preaching to you, but it is a gift of God to be received as a gift based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he done for you, amen, that day at Calvary. I think it's the most glorious story that has ever been told, amen, and to know tonight that, that the prophet said when he died at Calvary, he paid the supreme price and all the redemptive blessings that he died for at Calvary, is already paid for. Amen. The debt is fully paid. And you're excused before God. You're taken out of the pawn shop. The only thing you have to do is accept faith in Christ and walk out of the pawn shop. Amen. Amen. That it's already paid for. Now I know that I've preached in times past and I, I know you probably remember in Isaiah 53 that there's actually a receipt of payment for by his stripes you are healed. Already paid for, right? By, hey amen, what he done, our transgressions have been paid for, our iniquities have been paid for. It's something that has all ready, been paid for. So tonight when we talk about the gospel of Christ, the preaching of the gospel is the bringing of a message of a finished work that has been bought and paid for for you and I. Now see, the thing is, is that God brings these things in times and seasons. And I think of how the prophet would say in the believer's position in Christ, he said God sets times and time limits and then works all of that to that time. He said, "See, uh, for the coming of the Lord Jesus, there was many false things raised up and said the Messiah. and Many false things taking place according to Scripture just before the coming of the Lord Jesus, and people would try to do it within themselves to try to make God's Word fit their program." He said, "See, many false things took place. What they were trying to do was make something happen." Amen, that it was going to take God To fulfill the scripture of the Lord Jesus He said people trying to do it within themselves See, but what you got is vice versa You got to fit God's program And we find that to be true See, Moses even knowing that God made a promise for him To deliver the children of Israel Moses know that he was called for a purpose And he had a call from God But that doesn't altogether mean That you just jump right out and do the will of, uh, the will of God But you have to find the will of God and the time to do it. (laughs) See, Moses thought, well, the children of Israel understand that I am their deliverer. So he starts out to do it and just killed a man and found out. See, the children of Israel did not understand. (laughs) Amen. But Moses actually intellectually knew that he was supposed to deliver the children of Israel. And and because he knew that I'm supposed to do this intellectually, he thought to be able to do that himself. But Brother Branham said by him getting ahead of God... And trying to do it on an intellectual, he said he killed one man and was banned. Of course, for 40 years, he went to the backside of the desert. And and the prophet of God said while he was out there, he lost all thought of the freedom of Israel. He said while he was out there, he actually began to forget about the promise of freedom and deliverance. See, because he, he he tried to do something out of its season, so then he just began to forget that it would ever happen at all and began to think, well, that's just something that's not going to ever be fulfilled. Amen? And, and I would like to say that it's a bit of the type of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that throughout the ages, men had read in the scripture about the manifestation of sons and about the power and authority that would deliver to the church in the last days. And men rose up trying to fulfill them things out of their season amen and then it made the church world begin to forget that there really was adopted sons and manifested word to come into the church of the living God but brother Bram said but see what Moses needed he said was actually in the pillar of fire in the burning bush he said which was a direct revelation of the will of God and its season that's what he really needed what Moses was lacking was a direct revelation of the will of God of the season All that deliverance. Oh, I thank God tonight that God works everything in its season. Amen. A burning bush. Amen. Had a direct revelation. Amen. A direct revelation of the will and the time of God. Do you know God's got times? Amen. God actually works according to a schedule. His own time. Of course we don't set the time. He sets the time. But in Daniel the 12th chapter do you know that Daniel actually saw the seven thunders? Or oh, he said to uh, saw the same thing that John saw in Revelations the 10th chapter. Daniel saw it. Amen. In the book of Daniel and the prophet of God said watch how Daniel saw the same thing that John saw. Amen. And he heard of the same thing John heard because he said unto Daniel shut up the words and see the book even to the time of the end. For many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Now John saw the same thing in Revelation chapter 10. And when he had saw the seven thunders uttering their voices, he was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Seal up the things which the seven thunders uttered and write them not. Amen. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God would be... Finished. Isn't that that a beautiful thing? Amen. That I believe that we can announce to you tonight that the mystery of the seven thunders is a finished mystery. Amen. I don't believe we got anybody. We don't have any of these eighth messengers rising up that we need to come on the scene to explain all these things to us. Amen. But when the message of the seventh angel sounded, when he got finished, amen, the mystery of the thunders would be clear. Amen. To them that need to know tonight, they know exactly what. They are, amen, is that right? Then the season would be and the season of that seventh angel. God sets a season, amen. He says amen, The course, in John chapter 12. Jesus, when the Gentiles come, the Greeks came to see Jesus. They said unto him, sirs, we would see Jesus. And he said to them, unless a corn would go in the ground and die, it abideth alone. He said, but if it would go on the ground and die, it would bring forth much. Now, the prophet tells us what he was saying and says, we would see Jesus. Is you Gentiles can't see me right now. Amen, but after the corn goes in the ground and comes back again, then you'll be able to see me. Of course, we know in a greater meaning of that, we're looking at Luke 17, 30. Amen, the Bible tells us that the Gentiles will receive the same Messiah sign that the Jews received back in their day and the Jew Greeks are going to see it. The Gentiles are going to see it in this day, Amen. Because God has appointed a time for everything to be seen and everything to be done. Genesis chapter twenty-one and verse two. The Bible said Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age, and set a time at which God had spoken to him. Isn't that something, Sarah? I will visit you according to the time of life. God sets a time. He sets a time for everything. In Exodus chapter 9 and the Lord appointed a set time saying tomorrow the Lord shall do this thing in thy land. According to Job chapter 14 even the resurrection has a set time. Amen. In Job 14 oh that thou would hide me in the grave that thou wouldest keep me in the secret until thy wrath be passed that thou wouldest appoint me a set time. Time and remember me amen do you know God has a set time amen God has a set time to remember his promises God has a set time for the deliverance of Israel God has a set time amen for the change of the body God has a set time amen amen for the resurrection of the dead God sets his times and then he works in those times then when if you can find the time and the season and what God is doing then if you're working with God in that season and time it's not you that's doing the work amen but it's God that's doing the work in the season that he's doing his work in amen I'm so glad tonight to know that I'm not standing here by myself amen that this is not just a man trying to make something happen but I know amen without one shadow of a doubt that this is a season that God is going to bless this bride of Christ he's going to bless this meeting he's going to give you things beyond your expectation there's going to be healing and miracles and deliverances and salvations, amen. And I cannot make it happen, but I'm working in the season when these things begin to happen. This is the hour and season, amen, for God to do this. To find that we're just working in the plans of God. In Psalms 102 and verse 13, David, amen, sings a wonderful song, and he said, Thou shall arise. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. How many knows who Zion is? Brother man said Zion is the bride that's right, Zion is the bride and have mercy upon Zion thank God that David didn't know about all these have these newfangled uh, revelations they've come up with about no more mercy and things. amen, thank God that David wasn't under the bondage amen of a bunch of men, but he under inspiration wrote that, that God would arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her yea, the set time is come isn't it something that God had a season that he favored Mary Amen, the Bible said in Isaiah Amen, that Isaiah prophesied and said a virgin should conceive But it was several 700 years Before Mary ever heard that scripture Do you know that wasn't the first time Because, amen, God mentioned that scripture When he said that the seed of the woman Should bruise the head of the serpent Amen, and that was 4,000 years Before Mary, amen, ever heard the words Out of that angel But when the season came Which is the fullness of time for the word to be manifested an angel come to Mary and met her at the rising of the sun she was going to the well and the prophet said an angel appeared unto her and began to rehearse to her that thou art Mary and thou have found favor with God and you're going to have a child and she said Lord how can this thing be and he said see Amen. you haven't known a man but the Holy Ghost will overshadow you because it's the season of time." happen. The Holy Ghost is going to be the one that makes it fulfill the word that's sent for that season. My, when I think about that, amen, how long had that word circled the earth? How long had that word circled the earth? A virgin will conceive and it circled. How many virgins' heads had it went over? How many women had heard that, but they never had the favor of letting that settle in their womb? Amen. But that morning, by that well, Mary found the same in Inspiration that Isaiah spoke it in. She was standing in the same inspiration as the writer and caught the word of God and conceived in her womb by the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. What did that angel say to her? Mary thou have found favor with God. And I'll tell you something this evening. Amen. There's a church of the living God that is standing in the favor of the Holy Ghost at this hour. Church you have found favor with God. His angel has come down to of the earth in this season of adoption that the church of the living God has found the favor of the word of life that has came to her. Don't you look for another virgin? You're the one he was talking about. Don't you look for another church? You're the church he's talking about. Don't you look for somebody else to do this work? This is your work. This is your season. This is your time. Joshua had his day, Moses had his day, Paul had his day. Brother Random had his day, but this is not that day. This is your day. This is your season. This is the hour that God has favored the church. <laughs> Devil, I hope you're hearing me tonight. We know that God is favoring the church now. God is favoring the bride now. I don't care what the devil throws at it. I don't care what problems come your way. It doesn't make any difference how many isms and how many problems, how many situations. The hour that God is favoring you has arrived. Oh, you might as well go ahead and shout. It's your season to shout. It's your season to praise. It's your day to rejoice. Yes, sir. I got a reason to shout. I got a reason to praise my God. If these Pentecostals can shout over a little money or a little emotion, how much more a blood-bought, blood-washed, Holy Ghost-filled church of a living God. Amen. If anybody got a right to praise, we've got a right to praise. This is the hour that God has favored the church. Oh, somebody ought to tell that devil God's favoring me God's favoring me he put his favor upon me oh we got a right to worship Amen. I want to tell every intellectual and every formal devil I got a right to serve. I got a right to worship. I got a right to praise. And there ain't no devil going to put me under a bondage that says I cannot praise my God with everything that's in me. Don't you realize I don't have nothing else? I don't have no other life. I don't have no other thing. There's nothing else I get my joy. There's no other place I get my experiences but in the house of God. There is praise and joy and rejoicing. That's where things happen. Amen. Let the church get in a position of praise and an atmosphere where all things are possible. Mary stood there and found that 700-year-old promises can come to pass, amen, in your life, in that atmosphere. That's where Joshua stood when he said, Son, stand still. That's the place where Aaron's rod buddied. That's the place that all things are possible. That's where you're standing right now. You are standing in the greatest spot that has ever been given to any human. Uh, Come here, stand in this place. It's favored. Look at what he done for you. Not in any of the other ages. I'm going to wait till the end, and I'm going to favor them in the end, and he let you come at the time of favor. Oh, if you don't think it's true, read the scripture. They prayed to Jesus and said, Lord, let my son sit on your left hand and right hand. He said, I can't do it. I can't do it because it's not my position to give. The Father has already prepared somebody to be in that place. Brother Branham said, who is it? He said, it'll never be granted to anybody but that word bride who is the overcomer of that Laodicean age, and he said it's been granted that you would sit with him in his throne. Come on, Esther. There's a golden scepter waiting on you tonight. There's a sword of the Lord. There's a word of authority. Ah, oh, if the devil was going to take it away, he should have done it before I knew who I was. He should have done it before I knew what I was talking about. But I've already received the message of the hour. The headship of Almighty God. It don't matter what the devil says about you. It doesn't matter what the devil's going to say. There's a church who's in position tonight for every blessing, for every anointing, for every Holy Ghost-filled thing that God. Now, if you was going to keep me out of it, you should have started earlier before I found out that God picked me as a favorite. Hey, God done picked you as a favorite. Might not be literally correct, but it's very scripturally correct he said I will arise upon thee and have favor, this is a season of favor, that's why it says in Isaiah 60, arise and shine for the glory of the Lord has arisen upon you he has appeared in this age in all of his power, in all of his glory, in all of his majesty we're not just justified we are justified but brother we're also sanctified and we're not just sanctified we're Holy Ghost filled, anointed children of God, positionally place in the age that we're living in I want you to shake somebody's hand and say I'm favored I'm favored you gotta realize you see this ain't making you favored What I'm saying ain't making you favored. What I'm saying is making you realize you're favored. We can't make you favored. God already favored you. The only thing we can do is take the gospel and show by the word you are favored, but you have to accept that. You have to open your heart and say, God favored me. I don't know why he did it. I don't know why he does what he did, but God favored me. God blessed me. He gave me the Holy Ghost. glory to God when the Lord shall build up Zion David said it in the Psalms when the Lord shall build up Zion that's different than man building you up when the Lord when the Lord shall build up Zion then shall he appear in his glory he said brother Wayne what do you mean? I mean the message builds up the church. You say, Brother Wayne, I've always seen it tear down. Then you're not hearing the same message I'm hearing. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. Thus it shall be written for the generation to come, the people which shall be created for the praise of the Lord. For the people that shall be created for can you imagine David actually had a revelation of your coming all the way back in Psalms 102 and wrote about these things in Ecclesiastes Solomon writes to everything there is a season to every purpose under the heaven for there is a season there's a season to live in there is a season to be in do you know that the Bible actually records that many men long to see your day and they didn't see it But Jesus said, but blessed are your eyes, for they do see. And blessed are your ears, for they hear the things that others have desired to see. Do you see that we are actually in a season? And I believe I can announce very easily that it's a season of liberty. That it's a season of liberty. Amen. According to the scripture. Amen. That the Bible tells us that in Revelations 10 and 7. This would be the season of the released liberty of God for the church. Now according to the Amplified Bible. Amen. When it is the time for the trumpet to call of the seventh angel. When he's begun to sound the mystery of God. The hidden purpose and plan is to be finished as announced the gospel to the servants of prophets. Now I like the amplified way of reading it for the trumpet call of the seventh angel. So there actually is a gospel trumpet and the gospel trumpet is a sound of the message of the hour that is bringing a certain sound into the church. Now thank God Brother Brandon preaches a message called the uncertain sound. He said because Paul said if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound who, should prepare for the battle. Somebody said, What battle? Brother Bram said he said the evening battle, the coming of the Lord. Who's going to be prepared for the coming of the Lord if they're not under a good sound? Come on, church. That's that's the truth. Go to Matthew 25. There's five wise, five foolish, five foolish are not ready, right? Amen. Do you see that you to be ready for the battle, to be ready for the coming of the Lord, you're going to have to receive the sound of the message. Now, Jesus will announce this in Luke chapter 4. He will say, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Do you know this was actually witnessed by John the Baptist? He seen this and bore record that the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus Christ. And the Spirit said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased to dwell. For the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and the devil thought... The Spirit was there and that he could make fun of him and make Jesus do and act however he wanted because he says, if you are the anointed, then to cast yourself down and the angels will bear thee up. Of course, that's the Psalms, right? He knows the scripture. The devil knows the scripture. Now, if he would tempt the Lord like that by saying, if you're the anointed one, then you do this, then he was putting a qualifications of the anointing on clowning for the devil which was totally opposite of what Jesus said in John 5, where he said that uh, the son doeth nothing unless he first see it with the father. So the actual opposite of the anointing was being asked of him because Jesus knew the anointing was not to clown for the devil. The anointing was to fulfill the word of its season. Right, Brother Brabant said, even watch when he said to the the devil said to him, if you be the Son of God, make this stone into bread. Brother Bram said, the devil tried to get Jesus to make bread for him. He said, and actually he refused to make the devil's bread. Amen. I tell you, Jesus wouldn't cook for the devil. I don't think we are to cook for the devil. Amen. I think whenever the devil, if you really are the bride and you do this or you do this, do you see where that spirit's coming from? That's the devil's bread. I'm not into making the devil's bread. He can make his own supper. Amen. But there is a bread for the sons and daughters of God. And that bread, Jesus said, was to do the will of the Father. That's right. That's the meat that the world don't know about. Now, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel, to heal the sick, the brokenhearted, preach deliverance to the captives, for the recovering of the sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, isn't it amazing that when he refused to do one thing under the anointing, now he's telling you what the anointing was actually used for. It was actually upon him to anoint, to preach the gospel. Yeah. Amen. To pour, it, to heal the brokenhearted, preach delivered to the captive, recover the side of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, watch the season of acceptability, which we know that he then closed the book, gave it again to the minister, sat down the eyes of all them were synagogue fastened on him, and he began to say, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now, of course, the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. Was, and I know you're all students of the scripture, so I won't spend a long time here. But the acceptable year of the Lord was actually called, as we know it, the year of Jubilee, which of a seven Sabbaths, 49 years, seven times seven, 49 years. But on the 50th day of the 50th year was actually a year of Jubilee, and it was just a special time. It was a time when they would make the atonement sacrifice, and then they would blow a trumpet. And the trumpet would actually be a ram's horn. And that ram's horn would actually be the sound of the atonement that you couldn't see but you actually heard. Right? Because there were people who were in bondage all over Israel who couldn't see or get to the place of sacrifice. But what they did was they received the sacrifice of liberty by the sound of the trumpet's horn. So when you heard the ram's horn, you knew... Whether you saw it or not, there is an atonement already made that was there for your liberty. See, if you know your season, then you know what the sound of the gospel means at the time that you are hearing it. If they heard that trumpet on the 40th, 9th year, it didn't have the same meaning. But if you heard it on the 50th year, it had a powerful meaning. It meant that you could go free. Actually, it meant that you could return to all your possessions. Is that right? And and, and if it's amazing, Leviticus 25 actually speaks of it. In the ninth verse, it said it actually happened on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of the atonement. Now, I just happen to be one don't believe in coincidences. And I believe the tenth month and the seventh day was specific in a shadow that was going to speak of a seventh angel who was going to be in the tenth chapter and the seventh verse because his message would have the same meaning as what the horn meant back there. The message of William Branham would carry the same meaning to the bride of Jesus Christ. Is that right? you could return, according to the scripture, you could return every man to his possession. Is that right every man to his possession? That's right. then the liberty was to return to what already was theirs. Do you see, they wasn't, by that horn, they wasn't getting anything that wasn't already theirs. They were only hearing a sound that what's already yours, you're free to go take. You're free to return to it because, see, there were years of servitude there were years of bondage that maybe they owned you all know how it worked actually families owned properties by the anointing of Joshua he gave land and gave promises and they owned those lands and promises and, and you see that if the family sold out into servitude then they would be moved off of their property And and that was for 50 years or maybe 30 years, however long, until the Jubilee trumpet. But when the Jubilee trumpet sounded, they could return back to what actually was theirs to begin with. Is that right? Now, Jesus is announcing that the anointing of the Lord is on him to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now I I I don't maybe somebody could correct me, but I've, I've not found any other place in Scripture. But this is the first time that I know of that it's changed from going from a jubilee trumpet to the preaching of the gospel. So in other words, the Levitical priest would announce by the blowing of a horn that the year had come. But this time Jesus bypassed the Levitical law. He bypassed the order of the priest. And he said, The Lord is on me that I'm going to preach to you. This is acceptable at this time. So, when the acceptable year had come, it was now preaching the gospel instead of the sounding of a trumpet. Amen. Return every man to his possession. In other words, Amen. Jesus says it like this in another place You shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Amen. And he answered, we are Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How saith you shall be made free? And Jesus said, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. And if the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Is that right? Brother Brandon said what happens here in this scripture he said that in the year of Jubilee, when, when the sons heard the call of the trumpet, they returned to their possessions or inheritance. He said, but if you had been a servant in a house, let's just say we all belong to a house and we had a servant hired, and we lost our ranch in, in a sell-off because of debt, then the servants of the house went with the sons out into labor. So while they were out there in the fields, the sons and servants was no different. They were out there together. There was no difference between them. But when the jubilee sound came, when the sound of the trumpet came, the son could return to inheritance, but the servant had no inheritance. Do you see everybody hears the same message? Everybody hears the same message, but the prophet of God said, you always were sons. Oh church of the living God You always was a son You always was a daughter of God And when you heard the message Of the hour You were no different Than anybody else in this world But when you heard the message You can return Because if you come from God You can go back to God Because you're going back Where you come from Oh, you always was, sons. That trumpet was announcing, it was announcing returning to your possessions. Oh, Do you all know what that ram's horn was? It actually was a ram's horn. And it was, it was an instrument that was played. Have many ever seen the ram's horn? It's actually don't even have any keys or anything on it. It's just a horn of a ram cut off. And some of them are big and some of them are twisted and they're pretty neat and I can't hardly blow them. I guess you would call them a chauffeur. But I, couldn't, I can't blow them. I try to time to. I just get a squeak out of them. But you know what? If they're laying on a shelf, they have no sound at all. They have no sound on the shelf. They have no sound on, on the desk. But it's only when someone picks one up. The instrument is a mute until something blows through it. And the sound you're hearing is only the one behind it. You're not hearing the ram's horn. You're hearing a wind through the ram's horn. You're hearing a breath breathe through an instrument that is delivering a message of of liberty. Do you see? But today, the sound you're hearing is not a ram's horn. It's a prophet of God that he said is a mute. A prophet is a mute. He is no good unless something picks him up. But in this age, the Spirit of God picked up a man named William Branham began to blast out a message. When he began to blast out that message, it was a message of liberty. It was a message of redemption. It was a message of power. It was a message of sonship. Don't you water this message down to be in just another intellectual session or just another bunch of theological ideas. This is a message of adoption. It's a message of authority. It's a message of life. It's a message of security. Whoa. That breath that's coming through that horn. I tell you what—it was doing. That breath was an instrument that was bringing inspiration and bringing it right down through that horn where you could hear it. I tell you this—I I thank God. The breath that comes through a horn, aren't you? I'm so glad God breathed yes. through a prophet of God. Isn't it odd that He uses breath? Amen. He used his breath. Amen. I was, I was, I may have told you this. I was over in Israel one time and I was actually asking a guy about the name of Abraham and how it's spelled because they spell Abram, but then when after he met the Lord God, then remember he changes it from Abram to Abraham. And, and I was asking that Rabbi Richmond, Richmond, how do you say his name there? He's a real, real school, the Hebrew theologian. I'm saying, I said to him, I said, does that mean anything to the Jewish people? This H in Abraham's name. He said, oh yeah. He said, he said, but I'll tell you what it means to us. He said, do you see in the Hebrew, it's, it's pronounced different than the English. He said, you say Abraham. He said, we say Abraham. He said, the Hebrew H cannot be pronounced without breathing across it. He said, so it takes a breath to pronounce the new name of Abraham. So God breathed the name of Abraham. When he said Abraham, You see, there's a breath of pronunciation of that name. Brother Branham said, actually, he so communed with God that God gave him a part of his name. The H in that name speaks of the breath that God breathed upon him. I think it's a powerful thing because of course that breath is the breath of promise that was brought to him by a message when God came to him and promised him the change of his body and a seed of Abraham. Amen. Word, that breath was breathed upon him through the promises of God. You know what Brother Ram said about Sarah? He said, Sarah actually, he was said was standing there and she was an old wrinkled woman. He said, but he breathed upon her and her wrinkles left her and she turned into a young woman again. Yes. Oh, I tell you what a blessing to be able to stand where God can breathe on you. Yes. Can you imagine in the days of Adam and Eve when Adam was laying as a body in the garden of Eden? Amen. There was no moving in him at all. But God walked up to him and the Bible said, and he breathed upon him and he breathed into him the breath of God, the living soul to think that that breath God could breathe on. You know, that's what happened in Ezekiel 37. Right when there was a valley of dry bones and those dry bones were laid out there and they had no power within themselves. I'll tell you, it's a sad story if you read about Ezekiel 37 you read about all those dry bones down there and you think about how dry they were and how troubled they were. And I, I was reading this one day in Ezekiel 37 and, and the scripture said that they actually, the Lord said unto Ezekiel, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And Ezekiel answered the Lord and said, I don't know, Lord. Amen. Remember, and then he said unto him, prophesy prophet you see, there was a lot of dead bones in that valley. But he said, O ye dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. And I don't know about you all, but I never seen no bones with ears. But I thought it was a pretty powerful thing that God would speak to a bunch of skeletons that didn't even have ears. To show us that there's a different faith. Amen, there is a faith of the hearer and then there's a faith of the speaker. It's one thing to say, well, Brother Wayne, I tell you, I can do this and I can do this, but you see, when God commands a blessing towards somebody, it's a different kind of faith. You tell me, did Lazarus bring himself out of the tomb or was he totally out of the picture? And God said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus had no power to come forth but the speaker the one that was doing the speaking had a breath of life that loosed him from the bonds it loosed him from the grips of death and brought him back to life again I'll tell you the same one that stood in the graves of Lazarus is the same God that stood here in the end time and used the message of the hour to speak to the church of the living God We were dead in sins and we were dead in sins and trespasses. But God, who is rich in mercy, when we could not do it ourselves, a God of mercy spoke over our lives and we come out of the tombs and we come out of the unbelief of denomination and ungodliness. (laughs) Do you see there's going to come a final breath? There's going to come a final breath. There is a final voice. The prophet of God said, you see, when you hear that jubilee trumpet sound, he said it actually means that you can go free. When you hear the trumpet of jubilee, it actually means you can go free. Now, see, in one day, it was actually meant a trumpet. A trumpet sounding, you can go free. But Jesus said, "I'm going to preach the acceptable year. Amen. And you that know the truth shall be free. Amen. Now the Son abideth in the house forever. So the return to the possessions that you have given watch Jesus said, Amen that, that, that he would preach it. Brother Brown says it like this, the trumpet sounded, you could go free. It's the grace of God. It's the year of jubilee. The completion. The day of sin is over. Brother, I tell every one of you, serving sin, tape or visible audience. Everyone that's serving sin, the day of sin is over. Of sin is over, Jesus died so that you don't have to serve sin anymore. Now, you don't have to bow down to no creed or denomination. He who the Son sets free is made free. Indeed, if you want to go free and be free and the Son cut loose and serve Him. Do you see what he's saying? The sound of that was the requirement of the freedom. Because it wasn't going to make you a son. You already was a son, but the sound you were hearing was only bringing the liberty of a son. As long as you're in the field, you're nothing different than a servant. But when you hear the word, it brought you from a servitude unto a liberty to know who you are and what you're doing, where you're going, what you're here for. Oh, I'll tell you what to think tonight. The prophet of God said, see, you can cut loose. Now, what that actually means, if you were working out in the field and you heard the sound of that trumpet, all you had to do was just turn loose. Was just turn loose of your hole and you could go back home. You can turn loose of that rake you're sitting there raking in the field and you're sitting there hoeing in the field and you hear the sound you don't have to go find the, the redemption tru- uh, atonement. you don't have to go say where's the blood, where's the atonement where's the place that you killed the?" Land? you don't have to see any of that all you have to do is actually hear the sound of that trumpet and you stand there with a rake in your hand you can just drop it do you know you don't need to teach a class of how to let go Do you know we don't need psychologists five steps of letting go? What you need to hear is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says that if you're a child of God, when you hear the message of the hour, you can go free. Oh, take another step. It brought your liberty. It brought you a liberty from the servitude and the bondage of not knowing where you belong. Not knowing what was yours. i tell you what this message does. It takes you all the way back to the mind of God. And I'll tell you what, you may have heard who you are through Baptist theologies, through Presbyterian theologies, through your mom, through your dad, through everyone, but this message is a burning bush. It's a direct revelation of the will of God. And when you hear this message, you have climbed up into the mind of God, and in the mind of God, he said that you are the blood-bought, blood-washed bride of Jesus Christ had never even sinned in the first place. And you can tell that old devil, I don't have to. I don't have to sit down and work this out I don't have to sit down and discuss this I don't have to talk about it I don't have to pray about it I can turn loose tonight because I am a son of God to begin with I tell you what it's like to let go brother just let go Have you ever did it? Just let go. When you just let go, you're liable to dance across the platform. When you just let go, you're liable to dance across the front of the building. When you just let go, I pray to God tonight we have a letting go service. I pray you let go with your praise. You let go with that worship. Let go and let God have his way in the house of God. The good news is, you don't have to live that way no more. The good news is, you don't have to be that way no more. The Messiah himself says you can go free. The Messiah himself says, you are not slaves and prisoners any longer. Amen. Amen. You're not under debt any longer. You're not under bondage any longer. See, amen. It don't matter how long you were. Once you hear that message, you are no longer under the servitude of sin. Oh, glory to God. What does the message mean? Let's get it short. It means the devil's finished. That's what it means. It means the day of sin is over. I like to say it like this, the seventh seal finishes everything. It finished the devil. The minute he opened up that book, it finished him. The minute you heard this message, that you actually were not the child of Charles and Ella Bratton, when you found out you really didn't come from your mom and daddy, but you come from a gene of God, from the foundation of the world, the devil was finished. He was finished right then. i tell you what you can do tonight. You can hear this message in such a way that you'll never be the same person again in your entire life. Don't you put adoption out in the millennium. The adoption is under the message of the hour. Receive your liberty by the grace of God. You can go free if you want to. You can go free if you want to. Sin is over. The devil is finished. I don't have to go to Calvary to find the blood. The message says the blood is there. The message says the blood is there. The atonement is there. It's paid for. Sins are paid for. Sickness is paid for. You see what Paul, Paul was the preacher of this. Paul was the original revelation of this thought. And look at what Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 3. For their minds were blinded until the day remaineth until the veil be taken away. The reading of the Old Testament which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Right? The veil is where? On the heart. He said, but nevertheless when it shall turn to the Lord when it shall turn to the lord well, what is that it when the heart shall turn to the lord the veil is upon their heart but when the when the when the it shall turn to the lord the veil shall be taken away do you know that paul knew malachi 4 was in the scripture do y'all know that paul knew the last Testament of Malachi would read that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, in God would send Elijah the prophet, and that he would turn the heart of the children back to their fathers. That he would turn the heart of the children in Malachi four and six, and he'll turn the heart of the fathers to their children, lest the heart of the children of the fathers, unless I come and smite the earth with a curse. So he knew that God was going to turn hearts back to what he was teaching, right, then, The the apostolic fathers we're talking about is our apostolic fathers of Peter and Paul and James and John. Those apostolic fathers knew that God was going to turn our hearts to their teachings, to their faith, to their understandings. God was going to turn the heart of those fathers those children back to their fathers unless I come and smite the earth with a curse. Now, do you see in this age that we're living in now, watch how the hearts of man have all turned to the world. Look how the hearts of man have all turned, amen, into unbelief and doubts and every kinds of ungodliness. Look at how the hearts have been out there, but God in the season when this great darkness is upon the earth, he says, in that moment, I will turn the heart of these children. I will take this heart and turn them back to that original faith in that hour. And how is he going to do it? By the preaching of the word of God. Do You see, the prophet of God actually says it like this, that Malachi 4 and Revelation 10, 7 is going to do two things. Same angel, two things. He's going to turn the heart of the children to their fathers and number two, he will reveal the mysteries of the seven thunders in Revelations 10, which are, I love this, don't you? The revelations contained in the seven seals. Well, Brother Wayne, I thought it was this and this this, and this. Isn't it amazing how simple the message becomes when you read what the prophet said about something? It meant that it is the revelations contained in the seven seals and it will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that will literally turn the hearts to the children back to their Pentecostal fathers then what will bring this bride back to her possession what will bring the church back to the original faith will be the preaching of the message of the hour tribulation ain't going to do it for you persecution ain't going to put you in this rapture Amen. Uh, We can't twist your arm enough to get you in this. This is going to take the preaching of the divinely revealed mystery truths in this hour. And God, amen, said that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God would be finished. Watch. Because this is exactly a promise that the word would come to a prophet. Is that right? Now, do y'all know the prophet of this age is the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. According to John chapter 16, he is the spirit of truth. According to Luke 17, 30, he's the son of man. According to Acts chapter 3 and verse 20, that he is the prophet like unto Moses. Is that right? Jesus Christ has always been the prophet. And he is still a prophet today. And the spirit of Jesus Christ come into a man and use that man who said, I am not doing this. I'm only loaning my voice to him why he does it. Yes. How many times they he say, I don't know you, but he does. I'm not the one doing the works. He is. Do you see what he was telling you? That the spirit of the Lord was upon him. The Spirit of the Lord was upon him to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Uh, do you see when Paul says it here in Second Corinthians 3 and 16, he said, for the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. John 4, watch, God is a Spirit. God is a Spirit. They that worship Him must do it in Spirit and in truth. True worship is spirit and truth together. Look what he says. See, in 1 Thessalonians 4, Paul announces that the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now we don't have to teach us the message. I know you all know that very well. The shout of 1 Thessalonians 4 is the message of William Brown. Right? Now, what's Paul? He says it again for the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Not just liberty from judicial law. Not just liberty from, from, from drinking or smoking. But a liberty from a bondage of thinking of the years of servitude that you had in the world, the things that diseased your mind and said you can never make it and and you'll never be enough and and you'll never be able to be that bride and you'll never be... You see, Satan puts you under bondage. Amen. He puts you under bondage to keep you there the rest of your life. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is a gospel preacher preaching a spirit of liberty to tell this bride you have been favored by God to fulfill the scriptures of the last days. I don't care what your Baptist church told you. The message says you were a son to begin with. I don't care what the denomination taught you. There's a fire of God that'll burn out the unbelief. It'll burn out every devil of hell and leave you free tonight. Oh yes sir This message and it comes upon you Do you see what is happening You can see the message come down A lot of people get this part They get the part The message comes down They see the seventh angel sounding In Malachi 4 In Revelation 10 But they stop right there And they leave the book of redemption In the hand of a prophet And they believe he's somewhere up there right now Waiting to come back and call the resurrection Under some tent But what a lie the devil has told what a lie that has set down our ministry and amen and tried to take the place of God anointed men of God to preach this gospel. Because the devil knows if this bride ever gets a true revelation of the two spirits in the church. There's an antichrist spirit that'll take out worship. It'll take out fire. It'll take out good music. It'll take out praise. It'll take out prayer. It'll make you lukewarm and formal and powerless. But there is another spirit. There is a spirit of liberty that is anointing the fivefold ministry. For he has anointed me to say, You are free. He has anointed us to say we are in liberty. Oh, you see that 8th verse? You see why they hate that 8th verse of Revelation 10? Because the Bible said the voice which he had heard in heaven said, it wasn't even the 7th angel, it was the vindicated angel of the Lord said to John John, you've seen this You've seen the message. You've seen the prophet's words. You've seen these things. Now you come here and take this book. You come and take this. You come and accept your liberty. Because you're not coming to take a written book. God's not trying to hand you a written book come on church brother Brown said we don't need another bible we don't need another translation of it what we need is a revelation of the spirit John come and get this revelation that this message is your adoption come and get this revelation this message is your liberty come and get this revelation we are now the sons of God don't tell me we're going to be sons in the millennium, and we're going to have we're going to have prayer there, and miracles are going to take place. And listen, you know what you're trying to say? You're trying to say I got to have a glorified body before I can have the promises of God. Amen. But this message promised a perfect faith on this side of the millennium. It promised a faith in this hour that was like the faith of John and Paul and James. The faith of Jesus Christ. Church, what's it saying? The message is saying go back to everything that the church possesses. Go back to Mark 16. Go back to Mark 11. Go back to the power of God. Go back to your praise. Go back to your worship. I know the devil's done everything he could do To rape the church of the living God But the prophet said this is a life giving And a prevailing revelation There is nothing of such prevailing power As the power of revelation Amen The revelation God is giving this bride Is a revelation of sonship It's a revelation of security You know the beautiful thing about this brother Jimbo Amen Is you ain't lost one day and save the next one you see where I'm at? Amen. I'm talking about a message of liberty. I'm not going to get up in the morning and wonder if somewhere during the night I lost my sonship. That somewhere during the night that I lose my seal. But the Bible said I was sealed. until the day of redemption. Oh, church of the living God, we're not going to be up one day and down the next day. But this church has started upward and she's going to keep climbing until she changes her body? No, you're not going to stop it. It's liberty. No, you're not going to slow her down. It's liberty. No, you're not going to put a bondage on her you see what he says? Amen. As long as, long as you as, as, as a child, you differ nothing from a servant. Amen. But when the Spirit of God come crying, amen, the Spirit of God come crying in your heart, in your turned heart. Come on, church. You are now the sons of God. The prophet of God said, if you would realize right now the position you have with God, there wouldn't be another feeble person in this building in the next five minutes. The supreme authority of the church of the living God. Ain't no devil can stand before it. Ain't no power can stand before it. Ain't no wickedness can stand before it. Come on church, I know what I'm actually talking about. I have met devils face to face in India. I've met them face to face in Africa. I've met them face to face in Canada. We've met them face to face in America. And every devil I ever met had to bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Every devil, every one of them had to bow. I had somebody here a while back trying to tell me that, that somehow to pronounce Jesus' his name was like something had like Jehovah or they got some new pronunciations and all this and hey you gotta to go to Hebrew school and all this stuff to learn it. I said you know the problem with it, they come to me too late. Oh, yeah. Because I don't know the power of the name of Jesus Christ. And the prophet announced it with a Kentucky English and called him Jesus. And he said, that was the power that could break the witch doctor's back. That was the power that could bring down the table. That's the power that could stop the storms. And that's the power of the name of Jesus Christ that's on the house of God tonight. Come on church. His name is on his house. Brother man said, "If you went to the Branham's house, they do things a certain way. If you go to another house, they do things a certain way." He said, "Well, this is the house of God, and the name of Jesus Christ is over this house. And in this house, there is no greater power. In this house, there is nothing that is above the name of Jesus Christ." Let me tell you something. I know for sure. I know that every devil has to bow at that name. Do you see what we are? Do you see what God is doing? He's brought us into a position. He's actually showing you position. Brother Branham was not manifesting all of those things to tell you you couldn't do that. He wasn't doing all that to say, well, you boys, if you try these, you're just impersonating. He never did that. He actually said, I'm making a way. I'm breaking through the walls of tradition. I'm breaking through the lines of unbelief. And if you've got a believer here tonight, come and follow me come on, let's go through the lines back into the power of God five times he manifested the third pool didn't he, five times that he told us about in the name of Jesus standing there prophesied created squirrels six of them straight in a row two different times, right but the seventh one he created and never even just spoke where it would be and it came power of creation of the word Then he stood there in the mountains of Colorado and told a storm to go back where it come from. Exercise power over the air. Exercise power over the animal life. Stood there in a boat one day, a dead fish there for a half hour, and the spirit of the resurrected Christ sat on a man, and he breathed out a word and said, little fishy, I give you your life. And the fishy swam away. In the name of Jesus Christ, Oh, church, can you think, amen, that his wife was hundreds of miles from him and he knelt down and began to pray and his wife wasn't in touch. She wasn't within reach of him, amen, but he began to pray and said before the doctor ever touches her, the cancer's gonna leave her body and miles away the cancer began to drop off of her you said preacher why do you tell things like that because somebody may be watching this right now they may be somewhere sitting at home hundreds of miles away and saying they ain't got no hope but let me tell you there's a hope tonight in the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ you don't have to be in this building amen that cancer could drop off of your body right now He's a cancer-killing God. (sighs) Don't tell me it's gone. Don't tell me that. I stood preaching the gospel in a meeting just a few years ago, and a man sitting in the meeting stood up and began to testify, Brother Wayne, while you were preaching... The cancer that was on my chest has fell away. I am completely healed. If God can do that through me, he can do it through any person in this building. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to say we have liberty. Liberty to be the sons and daughters of God. Accept your liberty. You've got a right to tell the devil. Get out of here. The day of sin is over. Now look at at the position he puts you in. He puts you in a position of favor. He lets you live. When he would tell a story to a little widow woman. Oh, the devil hates this. The devil hates this. This This is the worst story you can tell. The devil hates this one. Hattie Wright was a was a widower, making two hundred dollars a year. gave forty dollars to a building fund. Brother Neville gave her twenty bucks back. Brother Bram said, "I had the other twenty in my pocket and was going to give to her." And the Lord said, "Don't give her the money. I got something else for her. I got something else for her." I got he said, I told her the story of how them squirrels were created. And while he was telling the story, look at her spirit. She had a receiving spirit. She wasn't there sitting there saying, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that could happen. I don't know if that was. She had a receiving spirit. She did question him. But only thing she questioned was, Brother Branham, how did that happen? Not a question of doubt. A question of, I'm interested. How did this take place? What, what kind of position am I in right now? Where am I at that people can create things right by the spoken word? He said, Hattie, don't hang. I know to tell you, is he's the same Jehovah Jireh that created that ram up there on that mountain. He created that squirrel right there in that woods. And that woman said those most glorious words Ain't nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. Ain't nothing but the truth, Brother Branham. She received a liberty that nobody else ever received up to that moment in all of the history of the church. She heard a prophet say, Hattie, whatever you say, she was in a position of favor. Whatever you say, Hattie, because you've agreed with the message because of your spirit them boys were laughing at brother Branham them boys were laughing at brother Branham come on church but the prophet said she asked for them boys she said brother Branham give me the life of them two boys and he spoke over them and they were given now this is amazing to me because those boys turned over and gave their life Amen. Do you recognize we have come into a position in time that God has so favored you to stand in such an hour as this? You said, brother, God couldn't save my children. He can't. Amen. Let me say this. If you'll stand where Hattie Wright stood, you can say the same thing Hattie Wright said. It's a position of favor. Oh church of the living God, God has favored you. He has favored you tonight by setting you in the house of God. You're favored tonight. You know what it says to me the devil you're done. Your day of sin is over. This finishes you. You got no rights. You'll never have no you'll never have no rights over me. The devil is finished. Can you say it with me? The devil is finished. I want you to turn and tell somebody, the devil is finished. It's over, young man. See, the devil's finished. You see, there's gonna come a last breath one of these days. You're gonna hear it for the last time and this old body's gonna give way and the wrinkles and the hair, is gonna come back. Sister Eve, we're gonna go home. You say, Brother Wayne, you're a crazy man. I might be crazy, but leave me alone, I'm a happy man. You know what's going to happen one of these days? Brother Jim, I'm going to be preaching like this, amen, and you're going to be watching me, and all of a sudden, something's going to happen, and this worship service is going to turn into a meeting in the air. These old bodies are going to change. We're going to let go one last time. We're going to let go. Go. Let's go to glory Let's go to victory Let's go to liberty Why sit here till we die Why whisper Why wish for it It's available tonight Oh brother Wayne I wish I could dance in the spirit Why do you wish for it It's right here I wish I could shout Why wish for it It's right here I wish I could be saved The spirit of God is right here I wish I had the power like that. It's right here in the building. Let me stand where he stood. Amen. Receive your liberty. When that liberty begins to come over you, you know what begins to happen? Things start changing. You start seeing heaven's point of view. You know what, you, you know to be honest with you right now, if you could only see, if you could only see what is really happening in the supernatural world, if you can only catch just a glimpse that there's a wall of fire about the church of the living God. There are thousands of angels circling this building right now chariots of fire screaming through the building back and forth challenging every devil take your hands off of God's anointed take your hands off of God's people take your hands off give them their liberty it's the season, it's the hour it's the time of the redemption of the sons of God it's going all over the building right now You see, people are sealed in behind that blood. Sometimes you don't recognize what's between you and the devil. You know what it is? It's God. It's God between you and the devil. And in Psalms, he said, Touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Is that right? Now, don't think the anointed is just this man up here on the platform. But in this age, the prophet of God said, What was the anointed man? Is now the anointed people... And how are they anointed? They have accepted what Eve turned down. When you accepted the message, when you accepted the word, it was a word of redemption that brought you back to everything that God had for you. Do you see what is happening, that anointing? Amen, it's not just a preacher in the pulpit. It's not just a preacher standing up here. But every son and daughter of God that has come into the place with God is standing right here tonight with the authority to tell the devil, Satan, you lost your authority over me. You've lost your power over me. I'll not believe you another day. I'll not believe you another hour, another minute, but right now, I am free in the presence of God. I am at liberty in the presence of God. Oh, you've got a right for it. You see, sometimes we come to the house of God and we really wish that things would get in a place where we could just find that liberty. Would well, you see where you're standing right now? This is a position of favor. Maybe three days ago, waving your hand was hard, but right now it's pretty easy. Maybe three days ago, saying hallelujah was hard, but it's pretty easy right now. Saying amen might have been hard, but it's easy right now. And as your faith begins to generate, faith upon faith, you take another step up in faith until after a while you get enough courage to say, devil, get off of my back get off. I'm tired of packing the devil. I'm tired. Okay, if I preach, some of you have been packing complexes your whole life. Since you've been a little kid, you pack them and pack them and pack them, and that devil has kept you from rejoicing, he's kept you from dancing, he's kept you from praising, he's kept you from believing, he's kept you from having friends, but I'll tell you tonight, amen, by the word of the Lord, that devil is finished. That devil is finished. Thou demon of complex, I curse you in the name of Jesus Christ out of the people of God and give them a liberty tonight. Yeah, that's right, sis. Take your liberty. Take your liberty. Go ahead. Take your liberty. This is a house of God, a house of freedom, a house of prayer. Oh, glory to God. They're going to title me a Pentecostal. Go ahead and title me a Pentecostal if you want to. But I'm a free man. I'm a man with liberty. I'm not bound down to a bunch of creeds and darkness. You know the beauty of being who I am? Brother, I can dance if I want to. I can praise God. I can wave my hands. I don't have nothing to lose. I was a nobody when he found me. Ain't got no reputation. Ain't got nothing to uphold. All I gotta do is worship the Lord until one of these days, this body's gonna let go of the thing that's on the inside. And what you see right now, what you see right now, you see in a small measure. It's only a small measure, but one of these mornings, brother, this old body's going to completely let go of this man on the inside, and there'll be a shouting. i rejoice. rejoicing. You say, preacher, is that all you got to preach about? No, but you know what I found out? I found out people ain't praising because people's bound up. I found out they ain't praising because they can't get over what's in their mind. Ain't nothing wrong with their hands. Ain't nothing wrong with their feet. Ain't nothing wrong with their mouth. It's all right there in their mind. But you shall know the truth, and the truth will give you freedom. If you only knew that you are favored. You're favored. God has favored you. Uh, when things begin to turn loose and the worship begins to move and the praise begins to move that's when that devil shows up ain't it? you know how I know it because he's come to my door a time or two too now you've got to put yourself in my place Tim Pruitt's standing behind me David Mayer's standing behind me Ron Spencer, Josh Spinnett, men of God back there. You don't think from the time I started preaching, it wasn't the devil saying, they're going to think you're a British, ridiculous, they're going to think you're overboard, they're going to think. And you know what I found out? The devil started lying to me years ago. And you know what, Bill, to be the truth of it? The anointing of liberty is in the building. If Tim Pruitt had this mic, he'd be saying the same thing. If Ron had this mic, he'd be saying the same thing. If Josh had it, he'd be saying the same thing because it ain't the preacher. There's a breath coming in the building. There's a breath breathing across the church. It's a breath of liberty. It's a breath of change. It's a breath of anointing. Don't worry about who's beside you. Tell them to screw over. Give me some room to praise the Lord. Scoot out of my way that I can praise God tonight. Glory to be to God. <sighs> A breath of change flies right in the building. And you know what? If you were just an old crow, it'd be different but you know what in the field crows and eagles are a lot alike but you let the wind start blowing and when that wind of change starts blowing and that eagle begins to rise up the difference goes quick the difference becomes visible because that old crow can only go so high and he'll say I better find a hiding place but that old eagle the harder it blows the stretch out his wings and he'll set his wings in that air and he'll start rising up because he's actually born He's not even in his right place until he's up there in the unknown. He's up there above all the predators. He's up there above all the troubles. and all. Do you know you can go to a place where you don't even think about work? You don't even think about family trouble. You don't even think about church trouble. You don't even think about what hour, what day, what month. You don't think about your sins. You don't think about who did this and what. You as an eagle can go to a place tonight where all things are possible, wherever sin is forgiven, where every devil is destroyed. You are the children of God. See? You have to accept your liberty. As free as you're going to get, it's already paid for. I can assure you, Brother Philip, you're not going to get too free. It's not possible to get too free but as a children of God when that freedom starts taking over when that liberty starts taking over you begin to find a power in you that you really did not know existed you really don't know who put it there maybe you don't even understand how it got there but you are different and you try to hide your difference and you try to settle yourself down right? right? Because you don't want people to think you're different. But God made you different. God made you. He made you to praise. He made you to worship. He made you to rejoice. He made you so you could have liberty. Don't hide your difference. Accept your difference. Thank God you're different. Do you see tonight, friends, a breath, a breath of promise and inspiration has come from glory. There's men of God in this last day that's catching that inspiration. And that inspiration is carrying us. It's carrying us into things that the prophet of God said about us that men were scared to acknowledge. Men are scared to acknowledge. They're scared to stand up and say, if you say unto this mountain. But a prophet's message took us beyond our fears. I'm not looking at the problems. I'm not looking at the conditions. I'm not looking at the issues. I'm not looking at, you can throw a thousand situations at me of why you can't do it and I refuse to look at one of them because I have set my eyes on a promise. And that promise said that you are more than able. That promise said this generation of this bride is a generation of promise and truth. If our musicians could come tonight, I want you to know this. You have been favored by almighty God. I could say you've been blessed. I could say you've been anointed. But you have been favored Don't ask me. Don't ask me what I did. I don't know. Sometimes I have much trouble understanding what the Lord wants with me. Lord, I, 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 I wasn't worthy. that He would even deal with me or speak to me or give me life, but he did. And if he's going to choose to favor, if he's going to choose to bless, I'm going to accept it. Not because I'm worthy. Because I'm heir. You know, it's a powerful thing where we're standing tonight. We're not standing by ourselves. I want you to realize this isn't just a bunch of empty words. This message has authority. Authority. Brother Branham said Jesus argued with the devil on that mountain. And he could have used any of his power to destroy that devil. He said, but he did not use his power. He withheld power and used a word of authority. He said, so he would put within the grasp of the weakest Christian of how to defeat their enemy. When God gave you this message, he gave you supreme authority. No devil can stand before it. We've had spirits challenged all over the world. You've seen them right here in Louisiana. We've seen them in North Carolina. We've seen them all over the world. Do you know? You watch something. You that watch, watch every time those demons will fall at our feet. Do you know why? Because the name of Jesus Christ has more authority than any demon power. You know, witches have showed up in our meetings and sat in the meetings and tried to curse us while we're preaching the gospel. But you know what? They can't even shut you up. Because there's an authority in this message that's greater than witchcraft. See, there's a liberty tonight. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart I'm gonna dance like David danced Oh when the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart I will dance like David danced I will I will dance, I will dance